Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. We have a great show for you today. We are talking about the craziness of life as a female and um, especially just as a mom. More than ever in the workforce, um, moms are, are jumping in. According to the Center for American Progress, women now make up half of all workers in the United States, with nearly four in 10 homes having a mom that is also a working mother. Being a full-time working mother can lead to, I, I know I deal with that, a lot of guilt. You know, we call it the mom guilt and stress. Uh, just because you're dividing your attention between work and family, you're trying to figure out a way to put a plan in place, how to get organized, how to find that right balance between um, being professional and parenthood. And so today we have Kristen Funston. She encourages women in a way that is definitely relatable and practical. And she just wrote her first book talking about exactly that. How, as a mom, do we deal with this? And she's the author of More for Mom. So welcome, Kristen. How are you today? I am good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. You know, this is a topic that you can talk about over and over and over and over and over again and still go over it again. And (laughs) and tomorrow go, now wait, what did I talk about yesterday about that balance and and having guilt? Yes. I do guilt really well as a mom. I'm a mom of of three, and I've traveled um, ever since I've been in in my 20s. So I feel like there's even more guilt because I'm gone, gone. And Mm -hmm. so in your home, you're kind of needy almost, Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to make the most of your time with them. So you're trying to be really intentional, and it's not on their time. So it, it can be, um, you know, quite annoying, and I have to learn how to even find that balance to back off. And, you know, when I'm ready to talk doesn't necessarily mean they're ready to talk. But, Kristen, tell us, like, tell us your story. What led you to write this book? And this is your, your first book that you, you wrote, correct? Yes, it is. Um Yeah, well, I am a mom of three young girls. My oldest turns 10 in just under a month. My actually today is my middle child's birthday. She turns six today. And then so we've got all the birthday things happening (laughs) right now and all the busy. So um, and then my youngest is three. And I was you're talking about working and all this guilt. So I well, we moved, my husband and I moved to Memphis 12 years ago. I think, yeah, I think it's exactly 12 years ago. And we didn't have any children at the time. We were both, I was working full time um, in the corporate world and he was trying to start his own business. And so a couple years after moving here, um, McKenna, my oldest arrived and I was still working full time. 
and he was trying to kick off, um, get his business off the ground. And over the course of several years, I, I guess it was when Mita, my second child was born is when I left working full time because in the corporate world, because it made more sense. Bryant's business was doing well. I was traveling so much that through work that it was hard for him to do the things he needed to do for his business. And, you know, just the whole idea of quote, balancing the home life and the work life and all the things that were happening. So I ended up leaving um, we were fortunate enough to be in a position where I could leave full-time and start working part-time doing freelance work, doing web d- design type stuff. Also, I was writing and blogging more and, um, and through that, and through that journey and my youngest child came a few years after Mina was born, but through that journey is, um, my faith also started to grow and I started going to church more and then blogging about my faith. And, but this idea for this, um, this idea that I was just living from a place of depletion at this point, roughly about five or six years ago. And I was just giving, 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 and not giving from a place where I had anything to give is giving from a place of depletion. And so I knew that wasn't fair to my family. It wasn't mm-hmm. fair to me. It wasn't, you know, things just weren't settled and I didn't have a piece about the way I was living my life. And a lot of this, you know, was through my faith and searching, um, searching for what God could offer me. And so, cause I know in scripture, he promises this life of abundance and, I, I wanted that life of abundance. So I started searching for okay. it and I realized that, you know, we can have it on this, in this crazy, busy, busy life. And so that's what I, you know, wanted to share in this book. Mm, mm. Yeah, that, that is as powerful. And like I said, it's a topic that we, we definitely, um, need to have, need to, uh, you know, address and just to support, others with because mm-hmm. it it can be um a place that we operate out of isolation and loneliness yes. um you know just some of the things that, that you're talking about it can be very crazy out there so so tell us a little bit then about the journey even beyond that like then then what happened just even um, writing this book <laughs> As I was writing this book, well, the book is really centered around um, my faith and getting to know my identity in Christ. So it's called More for Mom, Living Your Whole and Holy Life is the subtitle. And so as I was searching for this abundant life that I knew that God promises in the Bible, so I went searching for that. And I learned more about God and the way we were created and uh, what he had intended for us from the very beginning. Um, And so this idea of being whole is this, you know, just like whole foods, you know, you think about whole foods, they are in their most natural state. And so they are the way nature intended them to be. And so they, that is the healthiest form of that food, correct? And so when God created humans, he 
created us whole and complete with, with, in relationship with each other and with him. And so I knew that once I accepted Christ, God as my Lord and Savior, that he restored me to that place of wholeness. And then from there, I'm able to live out a life that is holy. And holy is kind of a big and bad word. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, very churchy, very big, very scary sounding. But honestly, it simply means to li- live a life that's set apart, live a life that is different from the way that our world and our culture urges us to be or to live. And so I know a whole and holy life is first off one that is you know, a person, that person has faith in God, but then takes the steps to live differently than the way they want to in their relationships and in their perspectives. And so it's, it's a lot of this perspective and acting out on what we know God wants from us. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to unpack that a little bit. Like you said, you know, holy, that's just a a whole word in itself. (laughs) It, it becomes Christianese almost. Mm -hmm. And I I was just having this conversation the other day with a friend of, we were sharing how this, there's a a person in um, our lives that keeps choosing to live outside of that holiness, as Mm -hmm. as you would call it. And we were going, okay, it's, it's interesting because once you've seen what it's like to have really truly have Christ dwell within you. And that's mm-hmm. another Christianese talk. Mm-hmm. Once you experience that, how do you go outside of, of that? And we were saying, because the world creates it as that's bizarre. I mean, it's cultish. It's, it's boring. I mean, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. it seems boring. And how do you rebrand that and especially as a mom, because you're pouring into your kids to, to, you want them to really see how this is exciting. You're choosing joy is what you're choosing. Mm-hmm. And yes. yet instead it seems like, oh, you know, these people that, you know, what happens in the church, which that alone, it shouldn't be happening in the church. It should be happening everywhere. Yes. Just seems so boring. And with that, Kristen, we only have two minutes before we're going into a commercial break. So um, what what are you like, you know, how do we as believers make it not seem boring? Um, gosh, that that is kind of a loaded question. Um, and I wish I had a lot more time <laughs> to talk about it. But like I said, it is holy has been attached to the church and to God. And the thing is when we, <laughs> honestly, I, I could go on forever, but I'm going to try and say this quick. Well, when um, we come back, we can hit it again, but you talk about it in your book about more life, more love, more, you know, yeah. wait, exactly. So, yeah. Sorry. Now I'm cutting into your two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. Well, we first have to start by reading the Bible, there is, there are so many people, you know, if myself, what I did not read that I may have been a believer for a long time, but I didn't actually sit down and read the Bible for a long time. And if it's the lang, it's hard to get into it sometimes because the language is so old, but the Bible and what God in this story, God has shared in the Bible. It is not boring. You know, there is murder and strife and everything that like on in adultery, all the craziness, 
that happens in life is all packed into this Bible. And it's interesting. These stories are crazy. And so when we get into the Bible and read these stories and recognize like, whoa, this stuff happened. Like this is insane. Um, then I think we can, that can pique our interest, but what we can get from it, you know, God calls us to live a life that is different. Like I said, again, it's not perfect, but it's different. And it's different from all of that. And, um, in that we read in the Bible and we see on TV. And with that, Kristen, we're going to My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Whether you are a man, woman, boy, or girl, lifting weights is an important component to your exercise program. Strong says that challenging your body with different exercises and routines helps keep your workout interesting and effective. Make sure that when you're lifting weights, you are working to fatigue or failure to get the most benefits. When lifting weights, reaching failure means that you could not possibly do one more rep. Your muscle has failed. Fatigue means you can barely do one or two more repetitions and keep your good form. If your workout is too easy and you're not reaching failure or fatigue, it's time to lift heavier weights. Be aware that your form is vital and reaching fatigue or failure is much more important than hitting a certain number of repetitions. I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Right. Well, welcome back to Girlfriend It, where we rally you to do the remarkable. And we are chatting with, I say we, it's me right now. Ben isn't chatting at all, our producer. He's being quite the, the silent person. And Lisa is in South Africa. So welcome, welcome. And we have Kristen Funston. She's the author of More for Mom. And we were chatting about guilt and mom and murder and strife in scriptures. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> all kinds of things. And we, we were coming back to... You know, often we look at holy and being a mom who is holy and you have a tendency to go, well, that's boring. But in reality, what is holy? Because it's actually an area where there's joy and there's love and there's freedom within that and talking about rebranding that of what holy actually means. So with that, uh, Christine, you were sharing a, a scripture and when you really get into God's word, what happens? Yeah, it is not boring. <laughs> it is probably better than any series on Netflix. Um, but you just have to get past the old language that they yeah. use. Um, but honestly, to be holy, the word holy actually means 
to be worthy of complete devotion. And think about it. If there is um, anything that we are devoted to, does that bore us? No, it doesn't. And so we ascribe this word holy to God. And then he asks us to be holy as well, to live a holy life. And holy life, and I, I this is what I preach, a holy life is not a perfect life, but um, the root word of holy also means to be set apart in something different, something not like anything else. Um, And so when we aren't following the mold, when we aren't doing the things that the rest of the world wants, that's honestly, that's interesting. And then from that, we get this, this peace from God. And scripture says that he will offer us a peace that transcends understanding. And because we have that peace, even in the middle of our day-to-day crazy schedules and stuff, we can have this overwhelming joy in who he is, who we are in the lives that we live. Um, and even in some of the situations that we go through or, or have to go through, even the even the not so fun things, the sicknesses and, um, the, you know, the busyness that can tear at us. We can have this joy and peace that is the, the foundation of that. I'm starting to think of the word. What's the word? Foundation. Um, <laughs> Grounded foundation. Yeah. Yes. And you know, to be set apart, I, I'm, uh, actually teaching a, a class next week on trust mm-hmm. and, with that, when you're saying to be set apart for, for people to truly trust us, you have to have that character and, and you look outside of, Oh, you know, Oh, they're a Christian. I can, I can trust them. And what does that really mean to, to trust? And as a mom for your children to trust you and you to instill that trust and integrity in your own kids. And there's a story about Andy Roddick, and he's a tennis player and he's going mm-hmm. to the, you know, whatever championship it, it was. But I don't know if he's a believer or not. But within the story, it's a point that um, he gets called by the referee in his favor. And he basically says, no, 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 it, it hit the line or whatever it was. But he called himself out on it. Oh, yeah. The point. And. When you're saying set us apart, it's really interesting because he became this, you know, during the time for people that are into that sport, a national phenomenon of he set himself apart. He had the integrity Mm -hmm. that because he called it out, it makes us interesting. We do stand out. People want what we are having when Mm -hmm. we stand out like that. And instead, like you're saying, we get so caught up in what's in the world and um, we don't dis- we that foundation that you're talking about, it doesn't distinguish us. And so instead of being set apart of, okay, wow, it's set apart of, oh, boring. And yet, mm-hmm. how do we show people that it's this peace? It is this the, the choice of having that joy, mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. And I think especially as a mom, it's a great, great place to shine Jesus because you do have those conversations. I, I believe more than anything else as a mom, it's such an instant connection to go, mm-hmm. how are you doing it? 
Yes, that's so good. I love that example. I hadn't heard that story about Andy Roddick, but I mean, you said it gave him, people trusted him. It gave him credibility and holiness is what gives us credibility. And then credibility as well, especially to share about our faith with our kids, our coworkers, our friends. And so, um, yeah, it's when we are set apart and we do something different, then it just, that trust, you know, like if I see somebody do something different, then I'm going to trust that they are going to do that every time or almost every time. And that, that makes them credible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So going back uh, as a mom, what are some actual tips that, that help us to be a, you know, better mom and have, have that balance. I know, uh, it's simple things. I remember my mom, there was six kids on the baby of six and my mom was going back to school, but yet she was still the, the room mom. And she did, you know, she just was always there. She was one of those amazing, amazing moms. And so I tried to go down that same path, even though it wasn't my giftedness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Being a room mom was not my gig. But I thought, I I need to do this. You know, I need to bring, make cupcakes or, you know, put up bulletin boards, whatever it takes. And I did have a, a very strong, you know, Christian friend who said, Patty, have you ever considered letting some of this go? You know, you're <laughs> traveling, you're doing ministry, you're leading these groups, and um, you don't have to be all things to all people. And I, I think that is so powerful to go you know, here's my strengths. And just cause you know, Hey, you might be good at that. Uh, you can take away some of that or I'm not really, that isn't my strength. So let's Mm -hmm. just move that off your plate. And so instead of being the room mom, I showed up on the holidays and on the field trips, but I didn't have to show up for every single time they wanted to go to Wendy's and get French fries for the classroom (laughs) (laughs) for everything. And so I, I think, really, truly strategizing and go, what's on my plate. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'm, I'm not one that revolves around a calendar and yet I do revolve around a calendar. And so I think it's important to go out 90 days on your calendar and put everything that has to happen. You know, every dance recital, every, you know, soccer game, every practice where it's like, okay, this stuff has to take place. Mm-hmm. And then revolve all the other things around that to go, okay, what do I need? To, do I need to hit every single game? Do I need to hit every single practice? There might be some things that you can, you know, be available for during some of that. And, and guess what? Your kids won't die. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. And, that really helped me because I thought, you know, just because I'm not in that classroom or I'm not at that particular practice and lo and behold, I actually missed one of my kids birthday. And to this day, you know, she gives me a hard time about it and won't let me go. Yeah. Yeah. But now she's realizing that, okay, mom, when you did these things, I realized even though I was significant, um, I had two families, the one with my DNA and also the one that God's putting in front of me Mm -hmm. to also have an impact on. And they start realizing not the whole world doesn't revolve around them. They don't have to be, it's not always about narcissism and, you know, it's so good to know as a young mom, (laughs) I'm so encouraged to hear that they are not always like this. (laughs) 
Um, no, I agree. I love everything you just said. And it's, it's funny. You mentioned the room mom thing because I, there's a section in um, my book where I, in chapter five, I actually talk about the Pinterest perfect room moms because Mm -hmm. I felt so much pressure. And I tell this one story specifically where I showed up to the the meeting at the beginning of the year where the teachers um, go over the curriculum. Uh, You meet the teacher, you go over the curriculum, and then they get room mom signups. And so that I felt so much pressure to sign up, though I knew I was pregnant with my third child. Um, I had a full travel schedule. I had uh, my husband had a ton going on. Like it was and plus, it's not in my gifting either. <laughs> it's not a spiritual gift of mine to be <laughs> to package all the little goodies and all yeah, the so. the things. But I felt so much pressure in it when I was thinking back to it. I honestly like I felt that pressure because I thought that's what was expected of me. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought it was what was, it felt like the teacher was boring holes in me only, (laughs) you know, it's not true. There was a a whole room of parents in there. Um, I felt like my child expected me to step up. I felt like I should, because it's what the good moms do. Right. And I do good moms in air quotes. Um, (laughs) but I, when I reflecting back, I was like, why, you know, it was the expectations that, made me feel pressured to do that. And then again, of course, like mom guilt, I was like, Oh, I I think I need to. Um, but the more I thought about it, the more I realized that expectations don't define what makes a quote good mom. You know, honestly, the good moms, in my opinion, are the ones who follow their dreams. They work hard at whatever they do and they love their people well and give Jesus all the credit and glory along the way. You know, to me, those are the good moms. And just because, um, I wasn't able to sign up for room mom that time or any other time. I've never been room mom (laughs) confession, (laughs) but that doesn't mean I'm a bad mom, you know? So it all boils down to expectations that we put on ourselves. Mm. Okay. I am writing down that you were not a room mom. Just (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I honestly, I'm so glad that we didn't have Pinterest (laughs) when I, when my kids were younger, um, because I do have that attitude, like, oh, oh, all right, whatever. But there is, you can't help it. But mm-hmm. but look at Pinterest and go, oh wow, it could yeah. have like this. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I just finished two weddings in the last year and a half, and I, I'll tell you, boy, that that Pinterest, even down to what the photo shoot looks like, you mm-hmm. know. It, it's you're like taking the 20 best Pinterest shots and showing the photographer, okay, they have uh-huh. to look like this and it has to look like that. So there's a lot to be said. And I just want to challenge our listeners before we go into a commercial break of how often are you on Pinterest and how do we put Pinterest in perspective? Because I love what you said. Expectations don't define a good mom. So with that, we're going to go on to a commercial break and we'll be right back after this.
This is Girlfriended on Toginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. According to the Mayo Clinic, your fitness level affects resting heart rate. Your emotions, activity level, body size, air temperature, and body position affect it also. For normal adults, a lower heart rate at rest generally implies better cardiovascular fitness and a more efficient heart function. The normal resting heart rate ranges from 60 beats per minute to 100 beats per minute for an adult. Keep in mind that a well-trained athlete has a resting heart rate closer to 40 beats a minute. To measure your heart rate, check your pulse first thing in the morning at your wrist or neck for 10 seconds and multiply that number by six to determine how many times your heart beats in one minute. Keep your daily exercise up to keep your resting heart rate down and to keep your heart fit and efficient. I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Yay, we're back talking to Kristen Funston, author of More for Mom. And Kristen, I already gave you a hard time uh, about this, but... I have to say it again because your name is so fun to have in your mouth. <laughs> Funston. It is. <laughs> it's a good thing I don't live closer to you because um, I would probably hang out with you and I would just call you just so I could say your name. Um. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, it's funny you say that because my maiden name is Dorman and all through college, <laughs> um, you know, people knew me as Kristen Dorman. And then when my husband and I got engaged, um, then everybody figured out like, Oh wait, it's going to be Kristen Funston. Like it almost <laughs> kind of rhymes. And so they would go around saying Kristen Funston, Kristen Funston. <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, people, I guess pe- people just like to say my name. So I'm used to it. And a lot of people call me K fun as well. So I've got all the, all the fun names. <laughs> I, I like that. Well, fun is just such a fun word and fun is one of the things that I, I value in my top five. So to, to have that in my name would be pretty incredible, <laughs> but I, I think I messed up your quote, but I, I want to just go back to that. Expectations don't define what makes a good mom. And we were just saying on the break, how Pinterest, um, truly that comparison game can mess with your head and so that feeds into a lot of the guilt. And I think social media in general feeds into a lot of the guilt. I, I can't even comprehend what it would be like 
um, to have my low light of when you're at your worst and you've had a bad day with kids to then, you know, maybe be sitting there nursing your child and hop on your phone and seeing all the highlights of everybody else. Yes. I, I don't know if you have any tips for that. If you, um, train your brain a different way to not get on social media as often, or what, what do you do with that? Yeah, well, actually, it's funny you say train your brain because I do have a a workout plan, if you will, <laughs> when it comes to that kind of thing. And this could be not necessarily just for, for social media in comparison, um, but anytime our brains start to move into a more negative place. Now, I want to be careful and say that um, there, you know, anxiety, depression. There are mental health, um, mental health is a real thing. And so there is a time and place to seek counseling and medication and stuff. But for the most part, I have this little, this four-step process that I use when, um, my, when my mindset goes into a more negative place. And that is basically, I want to train my brain to automatically get to a more, whole and holy place, if you will, a more, a place that is good and, um, in a good, just in a good spot. And so first off, um, I identify the triggers, you know, if I look at what happened right before my mind started to slip into a more negative place, um, was I scrolling social media and was I seeing people on vacation when I'm not able to go on vacation? Was I seeing, you know, somebody, another girlfriend having a baby when I can't get pregnant? Was I seeing somebody else get married when I'm still single? You know, what is happening right before my brain slips into that? So we need to identify what triggers us um, to go to that more negative mind mindset. But then after we know that, and uh, another example might be, you know, very practically speaking, like shoes on the floor this morning, there's shoes and clothing and toys all over my floor. And I started to freak out because I like to have a clean home. <laughs> um, but so something like that could be a trigger as well. And, but then second, we need to meditate on what is good. And scripture tells us that we need to do this. And it's, it's true, you know, like whether you're a believer or not, the more we think about the good things, the more our brains will feel good and think good thoughts. And so in the, um, like the shoe example, which is, might be a silly example, you know, what is good in that situation that shoes are on the floor? You know, it's good that my kids have shoes. It's good that they have a place um, for, they feel comfortable throwing their shoes. You know, what is good in the situation where, I'm seeing somebody on social media doing something that I want to do. You know, maybe this person has been working their tail off for the past six months without with maybe taking only a day or not taking any breaks. You know, maybe they got to go on vacation and that is so good. They get to take some time to them for themselves. So identifying triggers, meditating on what is good. The third step would be um, to give the benefit of the doubt. And that is with the shoe example, you know, my, maybe my child threw her shoes on the floor because she was in such a hurry to 
run to the restroom or um, answer the phone or something, whatever it is, you know, give the benefit of the doubt. I think there is so much power, um, good power behind doing this for people and in other situations um, or in any situation. And then fourth, killing, killing them with kindness, killing other people with kindness. You know, when I see somebody on social media doing on vacation when I want to be, or, um, having a baby, you know, go out of your comfort zone and share comment and say, I am so happy for you. I am so excited that you are getting to experience this or whatever it is. Maybe I pick up the shoes for my child. Um, so killing them with kindness. And because when we do this four step process, identifying triggers, meditating on what is good, giving the benefit of the doubt, and then killing people with kindness, you know, we, our brains start to shift and it, they start to look at things from a more positive perspective. And I think that's huge. I feel like we need to go into almost any situation, um, with a more positive <laughs> mindset, because again, the world wants us, um, to live one way, but to live in a way that's different and set apart this is, we have to get our, our perspectives right. Yes. Uh, well said, very well said. And all of those, if, if you're a listener out there um, to even write those down on a little yellow sticky or, you know, a sticky note to go, mm -hmm. okay, I need to put this into practice versus just hearing it. Uh, it's so important to meditate what, on what is good. And we hear those and we go, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know that. I know that. But then we don't really put them into practice, into best practices of training our brain, you know, focusing on what brings joy into your life versus, oh, okay, all these other people are getting these opportunities and mm -hmm. I'm not. Um, and another one, like you said, when, when you're not able to get pregnant and you see, oh, so-and-so, I mean, whenever you're not able to get pregnant, everybody's having a baby. Of course. Yes. It's able to, you know, go on a vacation. Everybody is having the best vacation in, in your entire, you know, dream or fantasy. It's all, yes. it just seems to be, you know, what, what the issue, um, that, that if you're not meditating on what is good, that's what starts taking place. Mm -hmm. And I heard someone say one time, and this, this I think is a good tip that there's more experiences than just this one. So we have a tendency to go, okay, I have to, if they're enjoying it, therefore I'm not rather than going, that's so cool. Like you said, kill them with kindness. That's so neat. I hope you enjoyed your trip. I can't wait for when I get to do something like that. Mm -hmm. Like you look in the future and focus on what is good and the, and the other things, just because you're not experiencing that right now today. And it's, it's unfortunate. We do live in a world of instant gratification. So if we have something that triggered sadness in us and we see someone that's like having a delightful time, mm -hmm. <laughs> it makes us spiral even more. Um, but yet, if we change that and have our brain think differently, you can actually really go into a good place when mm -hmm. you're doing it. And I, and I find it interesting because they're learning so much about the brain with MRIs and, um, you know, meditating on, on what is good. 
uh, is, uh, you know, all over scripture, especially when you read through Philippians. And yet now, you know, science is saying, oh, if you wake up in the morning and you um, think of what to be grateful for, mm-hmm. then it actually gets this, you know, the serotonin, the dopamine, all the wonderful drips in your brain. And I, I just find that so interesting. It's like, hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> This is what Jesus is talking about. That's exactly what he uh, he is. And a good um, point of reference in scripture um, would be Galatians 5, where we can look at, um, it talks about the works of the flesh, which would be the more negative places, the anger, the strife, the jealousy, those types of things. But then it also talks about, the um, fruit of the spirit, which is what we want. That's the the love and peace and patience and kindness. And so that's a really good point of reference um, when we are working at training our brains. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, that is. And to just keep, keep jumping at that and, and going into, even if it's just throwing that on an index card or, you know, having it on your phone where you can pull it up and and get that instant gratification with switching gears in your brain. And uh, it, it research is showing that you have to, in order to retrain your brain, you literally are having to build a bridge to go from one part of your brain over to the positive part to think dif- differently because it's eroding. The, mm-hmm. the negative thoughts is actually eroding. And so it's easy just to fall into that hole to immediately start thinking of um, what irritates you, what the negative it's, it's just, it's easy. It's easy. It's so, it's so easy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know one, one pastor said that he, gave bracelets to his congregation to put every time you had a negative thought, take the bracelet off of one wrist and put it on the other wrist. And what a great idea to actually action step that you have to think, Oh, that was a negative thought. I'm not going to do that. And yes, that's very practical and tangible, (laughs) you know? So, and I love what you said also about the, um, everybody can experience it. Maybe not right now. Um, I, yes, that has been huge for me, um, making, realizing that there's room for me to experience what they are as well. Mm -hmm. Well, with that, we are going to go into a commercial break and we'll be right back and talking more about being relentlessly positive and solution focused and how we This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. 
Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Have you ever felt that you're too busy to exercise? That is a common excuse and one that is used quite often. But the reality is we make time for what is important to us. We all get 24 hours in a day, and it's simply a matter of prioritizing and managing your time. If you have time to watch your favorite television program, get a manicure, or read a book, you have time to exercise. I always encourage my clients to exercise first thing in the morning, if possible. Roll out of bed 30 minutes earlier, put on your exercise clothes, and head outside for a brisk walk or run or head to the gym. Get it done early before the demands of the day interfere with your exercise schedule. Starting your day off with exercise is energizing, invigorating, and mood enhancing. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. All right, we are back, and we are talking with Kristen Funston, who encourages women in a way that is just so relatable. I also want to mention that Kristen has her master's degree in communication studies from New Mexico, and uh, as she shared, she's a mom of three girls and not-so-domestic wife, which I love, and that's probably why I connect so well with you, Kristen. <laughs> and, uh, New author of More for Mom, and we were talking about uh, retraining your brain, how you can start thinking differently, how do we bring that joy, truly bring that joy back in our life, Um, but also um, wanting to find out a little bit. You had mentioned the shoe story, Kristen, and you were saying, okay, this is insignificant, but maybe you just put the shoes away. And I, that really spoke to me because I'm dealing with some situations right now with my, my own daughter. And of course she's so used to me throwing her under the bus that (laughs) she'll be okay with me sharing this. But I, I, she cleaned her room the other day and I happened to go in there and open up her closet. And I realized her clean was just taking everything on the floor, everything on the floor and throwing it in the, in the closet. So I was kind enough to pull it all out of the closet and put it back <laughs> all over the floor. And <laughs> that sounds exactly like something I would do. <laughs> well, I felt guilty as a mom because I thought, you know, just like you said, just what would hurt you to pick up the shoe? You know, what would hurt you to go and hang up those clothes? Because I knew she was, you know, dealing with a lot. It's the end of the school year. They're planning all these, you know, fun things for graduation. She's trying to get ready for, you know, moving into a dorm, you know, in August. All those things. But then I thought, no, I really do want to leave her clothes all over the floor because it goes back to the trust issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, She said she cleaned a room and her room wasn't clean. But then I had to backtrack and go, okay, it wasn't clean in my definition of clean. Mm-hmm. And, and I do think it goes back to like thinking differently in her mind. She cleaned her room 
And then she's going to get to that later. And I had to compare it to my office. There are times I take all my piles and I put it in a corner. <laughs> and then, <laughs> that's how I'm decluttering. So I, I really did have to, you know, step back and go, okay, I did not put her stuff back in the closet, but I gave my, my mind a little bit of a coaching to deal with it when she came home to go, look, this is how I'm seeing it. How are you seeing it? And and really giving them an opportunity to talk rather than having that trigger. Yes. Well, while you were saying that, I was like, this is, and it's, I mean, your, your child is definitely older than, than mine. Like I am still in the, the literal training stage with my children, training them how to do day-to-day life, training them how to do chores, how to do certain things where, where you're in a more, a season of, I would assume guiding versus literal training. Mm. And so while you were talking, I was thinking, I was like, you know, this, because maybe, you know, she is a teenager, right? And so maybe she was trying to just skirt by the issue, skirt by the cleaning of the room. And so she just didn't want you to see it. Mm. Or maybe you were right in that she honestly, like that, that was cleaning to her, you know? And so I think it's really good that you had that conversation where you said, okay, this is, this is what I'm viewing. (laughs) Can you tell me what you were thinking? And so again, it goes back to the trust and where, you know, does she, um, trust her parents or any, you know, in any situation with any parents, do our kids trust us to tell us, Oh, well, no, I was really just trying to scoop it out of the way so you wouldn't see it or, you know, but, and again, there's a fine line because she is still in your home, (laughs) you know? And so there, you know, when she's grown and an adult, she can clean how, how she deems necessary. So there's a weird line, but I love that you had that conversation with her and, you know, you were able to say, this is what. I'm viewing in this. Mm-hmm. What are you, how are you viewing this? I think that's so good. I love it. Um, my kids do tend to, <laughs> I will. So when we do laundry, we throw it all over my bed. We fold it. I put it in piles for each child. Like this is McKenna's clothes. These are Mita's clothes. These are Rocky May's clothes. And each child is supposed to take them and put them away. And I about lost it one day when, no, I didn't about lose it. I totally lost it <laughs> when, I, when I went in same type situation and my two youngest, they share a room and they have bunk beds and, but they had thrown all and you know, the youngest was just following the middle child's um, lead had just thrown the clothes in the bottom of the closet and along and there were dirty clothes in there as well so it all got mixed up and I'm like ah I just spent so much time you know doing this laundry and folding it and separating it you know and so I would have been better if I had stopped and thought about it you know there she was only four or five at the time um and so again, I'm in that training phase. That was yeah, definitely a yeah. teachable moment for her, for her. But you know, I would have been better to stop and think about, meditate on what is good. You know, think about because that was my trigger. I knew that was my trigger. But meditating on what was good in that situation, and then giving the benefit of doubt, and then being kind about it. You know, I was not. And so it's 
you know, and that's hard to admit <laughs> that's full confession, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's hard though. Like we talked about earlier when we're in the moment and our emotions get a hold of us and stuff. So, but yeah, laundry is such a, a practical example. <laughs> always. You can always go back to, to the laundry. Lisa and I laugh because we've talked to several women that actually have a laundry day mm-hmm. and, that's always blown us away. It's like, oh, wow, you're actually that organized that you do laundry on one day. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Oh, my gosh. I would lose my mind. I try to do a little bit every day so that it doesn't seem overwhelming. So yeah. the past few weeks, it hasn't worked out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, with that, there's a couple things that I would like to make sure that we talk about before the show is ending. First of all, what when you wrote this book, what's your bottom line that you wanted, you know, people to walk away that moms really were able to, uh, saturate is, is a strong word, but you know, to, to resonate and, and be able to, you know, make it applicable in their life. And then if we do have time, I just want to, I, I feel like so often when we think of balance and guilt, we don't know how to say no. So I want to <laughs> in on, you know, what's your best tips on learning how to, to say no. Yeah. Well, um, okay. Well, first off, bottom line that I want for myself and I want this for all of us moms is I want us to be able, cause we are, we're moms and women. We're, we are always going to be givers. You know, it's just ingrained in us. It's in our roles. It's, it's, so we're always going to be givers. So I just want us to give from a place where we can do more than just give, but give in a celebratory way because we've already received so much more than is ever enough because that perspective is going to shape what our daily grind looks like and what it feels like. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's bottom line. What I want women to get from this book. Um, and I do want to say about the whole balancing the balancing and the guilt and stuff. Um, first off, I work from a perspective that balance and when it comes to our lives, balance is a myth and a tease because when we think about balance, we, I think about a scale, like I have this visual image of a scale and, you know, to be balanced insinuates that everything's going to be evenly weighed. And that's not the case. It's not the case for anybody. Um, depending on what season of life you're in, I'm in a season where my children are younger, you know, so they weigh a little more heavily than other things will in my life. And so, you know, when they, when we are empty nesters and they are gone, that's not going to weigh as heavily. Maybe it will emotionally, but in my day to day, um, task and what I go about every day, it's not going to, it's not going to be the same now as it is in 15 to 25 years. Um, but what we can do, and I actually had this conversation yesterday with a good friend. Um, they, there is a pastor that she, she has worked with that says we cannot do more than four things at a time and do them well, you know? So think about the four things that God has called you to right now. Um, for me, that's my, my kids. Um, it's being a wife and those are two separate things because, you know, we can try and lump family all in together, but my kids have different needs than my husband does. So, uh, my kids, my family, 
you know, my, uh, my ministry. And so just list out what the four things are. And then, you know, if something comes along or if there's something already in your life that doesn't fit within those four things, we need to let it go or say no, because we, we're not going to be able to operate and operate well and operate from a sense of peace in what we're doing. If it's more than that. Mm, mm. That is such, I hadn't heard that Four four things. I know at one point, um, I, I lead college girls and someone had made a comment to me cause I have like, there's 30, but there's usually only like 10 to 15 that actually, you know, in at one time, you know, show up every Sunday night type thing. Mm-hmm. But they said, you can only mentor two at a time. And that was eye opening to me. Yeah. Because you have a tendency to go, oh, yeah, they're all <laughs> uh-huh. my my girls that God's given me. And you go, OK, but focus on two specifically because mm-hmm. otherwise it's the same thing. You, you can't do, you can't be all things to all people. So take two that are really leaning in. And that's, that doesn't mean you're not mentoring all of them, but it's like what you're saying when you take four, take this, you know, four and really pour into that four, even though you are doing other things, but that has to be your priority. Yes. So it's just, it's basically figuring out how to prioritize. So that, that's a great, great tip. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can look at ministry alone, you know, what ministry, <laughs> <laughs> and you go, oh, then you have to refine that and prioritize right. that. So, right. well, thank you so much, Kristen, for being a part of our show and all of your great tips for us today. And go out there and run and get the book More for Mom and basically explaining how we can do all things and let Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.